Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. You know, what a wonderful song that is to sing tonight. The lyrics go, peace has come. Why has peace has come? Because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is with us every single day of life. Amen? Can we give another shout of praise to our God on our Christmas Eve? Man, church family, it is so good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. My name is Omar. And I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And this weekend, we are actually wrapping up our Advent series from the month of December. It's been a terrific series for us. We've learned so much. Uh, and we've looked at different aspects of our relationship with Christ, the blessings that we have in the Lord. You know, the first week, we looked at the hope that we have in Christ. The second week, we looked at the love of Christ. Last week, we looked at the, um, at, the peace, uh, at the joy of Christ, and this week, we're going to be learning about the peace of Christ. And so, man, I am ready and excited to dive into God's Word. Are you all to this Christmas Eve? Yeah? All right. So wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 76 through 79, and also John chapter 14, verse 27. And you can follow along with me. As I read, listen to what the Lord came for. He came to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of what? Of what? Peace. Of peace. And then listen to what John chapter 14 says. He says this. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give with you. I give to you. In other words, Jesus came to give us what our hearts thirst for the most. And that is to experience the peace of God. Amen. Hey, well, welcome again. Go ahead and take a seat at all campuses. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, to, give, to, to kick off our Christmas Eve message, you know, I was kind of really reflecting on the fact that during this time of year, there's only two types of people in this world. And that is there, there are either real, live Christmas tree people, oh yeah, or fake artificial Christmas tree people, right? And so I figured, you know what, it may be good just to see where our church family lands in this whole spectrum, all right? So when I say the tree that you currently have at home right now 
I want you to holler. I want you to make some noise, all right? All right. So if you are a fake artificial tr Christmas tree people, make some noise. Whoa. All right. Well, let's see. How many of you are real live Christmas tree people? Oh man, I don't know. It's, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. But how many of you are no Christmas tree people? Our security, we got two people right here. You can escort them out. I'm just kidding. Love you. But folks, at our, at our house, listen, we are real Christmas tree people. You know, we just kind of like going out and finding that tree, even though, listen, it is getting expensive, right? Oh my goodness. You got to take a mortgage, right, to get a Christmas tree nowadays. But folks, follow me here because the first time that I ever had my own real Christmas tree was the first time, was the first year in, of my marriage with Ashley. Oh yeah, I remember that first year we went out and we, we, we looked for that perfect tree, right? And we found that tree and we brought it home. And folks, we began to decorate it. And we bought our first set of Christmas ornaments, our first set of Christmas lights, and we were just loving it with Christmas music, and we were decorating. We were having a, a great, great time. And after we finished, there was one last final step, and that was to put water at the base of the tree. So I got down on my knee. I got some water, and I put water right there on, that, on the bottom to the brim, to the top, and I said, man, it is it is done. That's it. We are done with our Christmas tree. So we went about our day and we just did whatever we were doing that day. And at night, before we went to bed, I was walking towards the, the kitchen to get a snack before, before bed or something like that. And folks, on my way back, I looked at my Christmas tree just to see how beautiful it was. And I looked at the bottom and folks, lo and behold, there was no water. Oh yeah, so I got underneath, I'm saying, what is going on here? There, there has to be a leak, because there's no way, there's no, there's no, I put water in here. So I started looking around, there was no leak, and I'm thinking, where did the water go? So I said, this is strange, but you know what, let me pour more, let me just, let me pour water. Maybe I dreamed that. So I got more water, put it in there, said, now, now there's, tree in that, there's water in that tree. So I went to bed. And the next morning I woke up and I'm walking back towards the kitchen. I'm all groggy in the morning going to get some coffee. And I'm kind of just walking. I look down and I, there's no more water again. And I'm saying, what is going on here? And I'm thinking there has to be a leak. And I had hardwood floors then. I was thinking, man, it's, it's going to rot the wood. What's happening here? And I looked around. And again, I couldn't find any water. So again, I got more water from the kitchen, poured in there. And I had to do several times. And folks, there was a moment where it dawned on me. I kind of finally realized what was going on. And I realized that this tree had gone through a long, exhausting, hard season. You know, the, to begin with, it was cut off from its roots back up north in the beautiful forest somewhere in the mountains. It was thrown into a warehouse then it was wrapped in some sort of uh, cellophane or some sort of net, and then it was put in an 18-wheeler, brought down here to South Florida. Then it was tossed into the field in the heat of Miami until finally someone came to pick it up 
And church, the moment that that tree touched water, the moment it came in contact to that which it was longing for, thirsting for, listen, it took in as much as it could. In fact, it kept taking in as much, as much as it could until it was completely filled with that what that, that it was looking for, right? And so don't miss this. The one thing that this tree thirsted for the most was what? Water. And church, let me just bring that whole story over to our time together. Because family, what an image of how our troubled hearts thirst for peace. Amen? Especially during this season. And by that I mean that just like that tree, after a long, hard season, thirst for water, listen, just like that, and here's the main idea as we open up God's Word on this Christmas Eve. After a long and hard two years, right, a season in our lives, listen, the one thing that our hearts long for the most is to experience the peace that only God provides. Amen? Who knows, maybe you're here right now, you're joining us for the first time. Maybe you've been here for a while. And, and as I was describing that tree, you kind of almost feel like that tree. Omar, I feel like that tree. I feel like I'm tired. I feel like I'm exhausted. There's so much going on in my life. I've had financial troubles. Man, I've had health issues in my life. I lost a loved one. Perhaps, you know, you look at the world and there's economic issues everywhere. There's racial division. There is political division. And now on Christmas is Omicron, right? And now we're all stressing out and we're all dealing with this new variant and everything. And you're thinking, oh boy, listen, I may be here sitting at Christmas Eve and I may even have a facade that everything's fine. But listen, man, I am in need. I am thirsting for that peace of God. I would just want to rest, find that rest. So where can I find that peace? Well, we're going to find out from Luke chapter 1 from the Christmas story, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. You can also fire up your Christ Fellowship apps. And today I have three life-changing thoughts for us about the peace that we all long for. So write this down as point number one. Are you all ready today? Oh, come on, give me. Are you all ready? All right, so write this down as point number one. Peace, listen carefully, peace was the primary message at the birth of Christ. Now slip into the scene for a moment. Because right before Mary gave birth to Jesus, Mary's cousin Elizabeth was also a child. And she was expecting a little baby boy named, who what, John. And the Bible says that he would be the last prophet before the Lord. And so once John was born, his father, Zechariah, picked him up. And as he was holding him in his arms, he stated a prophecy, not only about what, about what John would go to do, what John would do, but also, more importantly, what Jesus would do for us. And so listen to the very last words spoken about Jesus before his birth. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 1. It says, and you child, now he's speaking to his little boy John, right? Because it's Zechariah. You will be called the prophet of the Most High. 
For you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins <clears throat> because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sun rises. And now He switches to speak about Jesus. He says, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, and notice, to guide our feet into the way of what? Peace. Of what? Peace. Peace. Amen. Now stop right there for a moment. Because many people think that the last thing that was prophesied of our Lord, the last thing that was said of, of Jesus, was back in the Old Testament. But actually, it was in Luke chapter 1. And church, notice that the very last thing that was said about this child is that he would be the one to guide our feet to the way of peace. And church, immediately after this, the narrative shifts over to the birth of Christ and listen to what it says then in the passage. It says, And Joseph also went to the city of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And so church, listen, this little child that was spoken of, listen, this child would, that would be born in a stable, put in a simple manger, this child would be the one that would guide humanity towards peace. But folks, here is what's interesting. Right after Jesus was born, listen, it says that out in the fields, there was a multitude of angels, hundreds, maybe thousands of angels in that night that appeared to some lowly shepherds. And when they appeared to those lowly shepherds, listen to the first thing that those angels declared about that child that was just born. They said this, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what's the next word? Peace. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. See, church, the last, think about this. Don't miss this. The last thing that was said of this child that would, that would be born is that he would guide us towards peace. That was the last thing. And then the first thing that the angels declare about that child is that peace is on earth. Peace is on earth. Now church, circle the word peace. If you have your Bibles open, circle the word, mark the word peace, because the word peace there, in the original Greek text, you know, we always like to remind you that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew, and then translated into different languages. Well, the word here in the Greek is the word irene, which is the English word that we get uh, the name Irene. So if your name is Irene, it comes from the Greek word for peace. But when people think of peace, nowadays they just think of an absence of conflict. You know, when two countries are at peace, there's an absence of conflict. When you're at peace with your neighbor, there's an absence of conflict. 
But when it comes to the peace that we see in God's word, it's different. You see, peace is that tranquil state of the soul. And I love that. Because the peace that Jesus brings to us is this deep inner tranquility in the most deepest part of who you are. And folks, that is what our soul longs for the most. And folks, here is how this child would guide our feet to peace. It's because, write this down, letter A, is because that child, he made peace with God. In fact, listen to God's word, what God's word says in Romans chapter 5. It says this. Says, uh, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have now peace with God. Everyone say peace with God. Peace. Everyone say peace with God. Yeah, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, everyone, lean in right now. Do not miss this. Don't pass by this so quickly. Because God's word is clear that because of our sin, listen carefully, we are not at peace with God. In fact, God's word says that we are in enmity with God. We are, in fact, enemies of God. And so even the most innocent child you can ever see, you know, your little boy, your little girl, your grandchild, listen, that child in their sinful nature, in their sin, is not at peace with God. They're not at peace with God. Folks, the wonder of Christmas is that this child, listen, that this child would one day go to the cross he would go to the cross, and at that cross, listen, the wrath that was meant for you and for me because of our sin, right? Because we were enemies of God. The Lord Jesus Christ absorbed the wrath of God himself in order to make peace by the, by the blood of the cross. And folks, during this Christmas, listen, meditate on the fact, listen, that you are at peace with the Holy sovereign, righteous God of the universe. Then you're at peace with him. You know, there's so many people in, in this world, millions, billions of people. But you know what? They don't know what it means to be at peace with God. They might imagine God to be a certain way. They might have a view of him. And they might think they're okay with God, but you know what? They don't really know. They have no assurance that they truly are at peace with the living God. But church, for those who are in Christ, listen, if you are in Christ today, you don't have to worry about that. You are at peace with the Lord. Amen? And listen, because you are now at peace with God, He also now provides, write this down, letter B, He provides to you the peace of God. See, church, there is nothing more than what we need in our daily lives than to experience the peace of God. You know, do you realize that you can be in the most beautiful place on earth? You could be in a vacation. You could be in the French Riviera, for example. And you can be out 
enjoying the most beautiful view, staying at the most beautiful hotel with the grandest view in the most luxurious hotel room, eating the most, the most amazing food, enjoying a day at sea on a yacht. You can be out there enjoy, you know, living the life. And can I tell you, you can be right there and not be at peace. Isn't that right? You can be right there. And deep in your heart, you may not be experiencing peace. Conversely, listen, you can be in the middle of a hospital room, going through the most difficult moment in your life, and you can be experiencing peace. See the difference? Because, folks, listen, peace is not external. Peace is internal. See, peace is not the absence of a trial in your life. Peace is actually the presence of God in the middle of that trial, you see? Peace of God is something very special. And listen, it's when you're going through those hard times in life, those moments that you fear for the most, listen, that the peace of God, as God's Word says, that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, right, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't you love that? And church, because we were in such need of peace, listen, not only was peace the primary message at the birth of Christ, but get this, write this down as big number two, peace was also the primary message at the death of Christ. Now, let's fast forward from the birth of Christ, the story in the manger, to the end. And so as Jesus was, was getting ready to go to the cross, on the final night, he, spent, he went to the upper room and he spent his last night with his disciples. And the conversation that he had with those disciples are actually recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 14 to about chapter 16, three chapters worth of the last words, the last conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. And church, at the end of that night, at the end of those three chapters, listen, listen to the very last word, the last words that his disciples heard from the Lord before he went to the cross. Listen to what he said. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have what? Peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. You see, one of the most wonderful and sweetest things in the Bible is to realize that just hours before Jesus was crucified, listen, he was concerned for the peace of his followers. Think about this. He's about to be tortured in one of the most horrific ways for you and for me at the cross. But in those very last moments, he's not worried about himself. He's worried about the peace of those who love him and have trusted him. His burden was to solidify peace in their souls. And church, here's, here's what's even more amazing. 
after he said those words, from that moment on, he prays the high priestly prayer in John 17, and he's going to the cross. After he goes to the cross, he dies and he resurrects, right? The disciples on that Sunday night, after his resurrection, they're all gathered together, and they are troubled, they are distressed, they are discouraged, they are down. And folks, listen to what happens in John chapter 20 on that Sunday evening. It says that, it says this, On the evening of that day, the day of the resurrection, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for or the fear of the Jews, they were distressed. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, what's the next word? Peace. Peace. Peace be with you. Hey, child of God, do not miss this. Because the last word that, G, that the disciples ever heard from Jesus himself were, peace I leave with you. And the very first thing that he tells his disciples who are distressed is, peace be with you. Meaning what, Omar? Meaning what? That because of his death and resurrection, listen, we can all experience, write this down as A and B, we can all experience peace in the midst of anxious moments and peace in the midst of fearful situations. Amen, family? See, because Jesus paid for their sins and they were now right with God. Listen, and their life was in his hands from that point forward. Every single person that would trust in him, every single person that would be his, listen, they will live in perfect peace. In fact, a defining mark of someone who knows the Lord is that they are marked with peace. So ask yourself this question on this Christmas Eve. When the people who know you, your coworkers, right, your friends, your neighbors, your family members that you're going to see tonight, that you're going to see tomorrow morning, do the people in your life, when they look at your life, not that they'll see a perfect life, but they see someone who is at peace. Ask yourself, can people see the peace of God in my life? And who knows, maybe you're here and you're thinking, Omar, at one point I think they did. You know, I, I, I had the peace of God, but listen, if you only knew what I have been through, Omar, if you only knew what I have gone through in this season, you would understand why I don't experience peace in my heart. And so, Omar, how can I regain this peace? How can I experience that peace again? Well, listen, God's Word shows us the key to keeping God's peace. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 26. It says this. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on who? On you. Because he what? Because we what? Because he trusts in you. Listen, child of God, regardless of what's happening in your life right now, keep your mind in God. You want to experience peace? Listen, you got to trust in the Lord. 
Listen, he died for you. He paid for your sins. He has secured eternal life. And every single moment of your life, every single day, even the most unexpected, discouraging moment of your life, listen, God is sovereign over that. God knows what's going on. He's in control and your life is in his hands. And so because of it, keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Can I get an amen to that family? Listen, you want to have God's peace tonight? Walk out of here trusting God. Keep putting your mind, take your mind off of those issues and put it on the Lord again and you will experience peace. Amen? And who knows, listen, well, this is, by the way, this is why Jesus said to us, the very last thing he said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, you will have troubles. In this world, you will get discouraged. In this world, there will be disappointments in life, but take heart, for I have overcome the what? The world. You see, the reason we can experience peace is because Christ already did it all. And now he just wants you to trust in him. And so church, let me end with this. You know, many of you know my, that I've shared with you of my grandmother. And uh, she was very close to me. She was like a second mom to me growing up. And, uh, you know, Pastor Rick also shared with her a, a while back. And, you know, as I was growing up, she knew that, you know, when, when she would pass away, that we would probably go through a hard time. And oftentimes, when I would always go visit her, she would always say this to me, especially as she got closer to death. She would say, Omar, cuando yo muera, yo quiero que tú estés en paz. Omar, when I die, I want you to be at peace. She would always say that. And folks, the reason she knew that I would be at peace eventually is this. It's... First of all, because she was right with God. She had peace with God, and she knew she was going to be with the Lord. But she also knew that even when she was gone, the Lord would be with us. The Lord would be with me, with my mom, with my family, and she knew that the Lord would be faithful for us. I remember the night of her death. She was at home, and we had a hospice nurse come, and... Uh, I remember in the middle of the night as she got closer to death, the hospice nurse asked us, are you all Christians? Are you all believers in, in Christ? And we said, yes, yes we are. And she said, I knew it. Because I could sense the peace in you. You know, she said, you know, I've gone to so many places, so many homes, so many hospital rooms, and I cannot tell you how many times when I go, I don't sense peace. I, I sense anxiety, I sense distress, I say, I sense all these things, but I don't sense peace. But whenever I step into a room where the children of God are, I sense peace. And folks, as my grandmother breathed her last, I was there with my mom and my aunt that came from Chicago. The moment she died, it was easy for fear, anxiety, all these things to fill our hearts, to fill my heart. But at that moment, God's peace came in and filled our hearts before anything. And folks, what 
That's exactly what the Lord wants for you. Listen, whenever even the most, the thing that you fear the most in life, listen, even if that does happen ever, listen, you'll be amazed how the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. See, that is why Jesus came down to this earth to guide our feet towards peace, peace with God and the peace of God. And who knows, maybe you're here and you're listening. It's your first time. Maybe you've been here for you know, several weeks and you're listening to this message and you're saying, Omar, you know, I hear about this whole thing, but I don't think I've ever experienced the peace of God. And the reason you probably have never experienced a peace of God is because you don't have a relationship with God. How can you have the peace of God if you don't even know God? So you're probably wondering, well, how can I have that peace? How can I have that peace? Well, let's go back to those angels who appeared to those lowly shepherds and listen to what they declared for the whole world to hear. They said this. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is what? Pleased. See, God's peace is only for those whom he is pleased with. So the natural question is, Omar, how do you please God? Does coming here on a Christmas Eve night, is that, is that pleasing God? Is that how I please God? Uh, is it giving money to the church? Is that how I please God? Is it um, a ritual tradition when I was a little boy or a little girl? Is it uh, uh, some good moral deed that I got to do? Listen, God's word is very clear. You can do all those things and never please God. And here's why. Listen to what Hebrews eleven six says. It's because without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You see, family, the way that you can please God is very simple. is by putting your trust and faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And just the moment that you do that, the moment that you do that, the Bible says that He forgives you of all of your sins, all of your wrongdoings, all those shameful things you're carrying around, He forgives you. Not only that, He adopts you as a son and daughter. You start a personal relationship with your Heavenly Father. And from that point on, not only does he give you everlasting life, but he gives you the peace that only he can provide. And so listen, the question is, listen, if you're wanting the peace of God, you first need to start a relationship with God. The question is, will you put your trust in him today? Let's bar our heads for prayer. My Lord, today we come before you on this Christmas Eve, and for those of us who have trusted you, we thank you, God, that we are not alone, that you've left, left us with your peace until you return. And Father, as we go on to celebrate Christmas Eve, Christmas Day tomorrow, my Lord, I pray that in the midst of all those gifts, of all that food, Father, I pray that we would spend time meditating on the fact that not only are we at peace with the living God, we can experience the peace of God. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, listen, if you're here today and you're thinking, Omar, man, I am ready to take that step. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to take that step and, and trust the Lord. Well, I want to lead you through a prayer. And this prayer, listen, it's not, 
we always like to say it's not a, it's not a poem, it's not something we do here at CF, that you have, it's, it's just me helping you talk to God for the first time. And so when you pray this prayer, listen, you don't pray to me, all right? Listen, I'm simply a man, I cannot give you peace. I cannot give you peace. You pray to God who loves you, who died for you, and is waiting to hear from you. So pray this with me if that's you. And by the way, if you're already a child of God, you pray for those right now who are probable to pray this right now. Pray this with me. Father, today I come and I realize that I don't have your peace. In fact, my heart is anxious. My heart is fearful. And so I come before you today and I confess my sin before you. And I ask you for forgiveness of my sin tonight. And Lord, I ask you to give me everlasting life. Save me, O oh Lord, today. And Lord, that peace that you promised, that's what I'm asking of you today. Now that I know I'm right with you, now that I know that I'm yours, give me that peace that only comes from you. Thank you, Father, for saving me. And help me now to live a life that honors you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.